1: Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield.
0: Chicago, Illinois. It is Dr. Gates Merriman. Hello, Gates.
1: <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to do the whole doctor thing in the in the intro. It makes me sound like a, an authority that I don't think I am. But Gates, I'm, how's
0: it going? You are the only doctor on the rebuild.
1: Well, that's that's, that's true. Did
0: um, you go to medical school?
1: I went to medical school. Graduated. Did it, it
0: cost nothing. you hundreds of thousands of dollars?
1: Yes. I'm deeply, deeply in debt. So <laughs> there's there's a don't... move online right now to be like, Forgive all the debt of of um, basically anyone working in medicine right now, which I think is a bit of a, a grab. But
0: um, I mean, I guess I also it sounds like don't you should just shut your mouth and let that train run, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would help my financial prospects quite a bit. So yeah, yeah. never mind.
0: Listen, this um, is a pro. Don't make, don't collect on any medical workers' debt podcast for sure, and also a Cleveland Browns podcast
1: and yeah, it's got two main focuses and and those yes. are them relieving um,
0: debt for people on the front lines fighting corona and discussing all of the defensive signings from the Cleveland Browns <laughs> leading up to the 2020 draft
1: yeah but uh still in strange times here i think we when did we do our first our first quarantine pod was it like 2 weeks ago i now? think this
0: is our third quarantine pod ago.
1: also it's i mean i'm i'm on day 21
0: of like shutting in my house so I've lost yeah, we were on it early because you and I time. both had
1: reasons to be like, like, okay, yeah. Are you are you feel like you're adapting to it more? Has it gotten more tolerable, less tolerable? Well, I thought I miss? was doing pretty
0: well until my wife walked into uh, my office where I'm recording this right now, and her face looked like I had been hiding like dead fish carcasses somewhere in this room because she was like, the B O oh, in here is terrible, oh, so. Well. Apparently, I stink, and I need to open up a window more often, but, you know, I get outside, I walk the dog. You're conserving do some... resources,
1: you know? Yeah. Listen, yeah. Everyone knows well, about the national well, like, shortage the of Old Spice. What's the thing day-to-day? <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, they, uh, they're they going to get that going, though. They used the, the Defense Production Act to, uh, <laughs> to ramp up things at Old Spice and Axe Body Spray.
0: America runs on Axe.
1: This this podcast brought to you by Axe Body Spray. Hey, we're available. We'll yeah. sell out. <laughs> Take it. Um, anyway, yeah, anything in particular, like what's the thing that you miss about old life the most? So uh, my,
0: my wife has taken over a lot of the cooking recently just because I'm still kind of working full time from home. But together, I'd say we've cooked yeah. so much. And man, we ordered takeout. We've ordered takeout. Like twice, and and both from really kind of nicer places that we love and kind of trust. And yeah. uh, the first bite of like of like a of like a lamb ragu caveatelle that I had yeah. like last week almost made me cry. <laughs> and by almost, I mean so it just really hot. Is that the issue? <laughs> it just you forget yeah, good, what good that... good
1: food that you can just go grab is is yeah
0: or just i mean i really i mean just seeing people too i was out on a run the other day and i ran into a friend of mine who's you know like a casual acquaintance but just to see someone in person and then like there is really just a lack of socializing that i think we're all going to have to figure out how to uh you know adjust to i mean zooms are great and all other than them clearly stealing all of our information but uh you know (laughs) at this point what's information you know i i I, listen i'm lucky to have a job i'm lucky to to be healthy right now i'm lucky to be able to pay some rent and you know have food and I, i it's so much worse for so many people that even though I am going a little stir crazy and haven't figured out how to not drink every day, like I still feel myself. Yeah, very... Same man. Who knew that? Like, you know, I saw an article on my Apple news feed the other day that was like, here's why you shouldn't
1: be drinking every day to cope with Corona. And my first this thought was, makes me... fuck you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Right. There's enough going on. I don't need, I yeah. don't need my, my phone judging me. I, I get why people in like Alaska in the winter and South Dakota and like Northern climates like that, just drink throughout the winter. Cause it does like, it's kind of the best way to break up the day um, at the, at the end of the day. Cause you're in your house. And then you continue to be in your house and it's nice to have a couple drinks at the end of the day, relax a little bit, uh, break up some monotony. So I say also, do what you got This is a unique yeah, there's, time.
0: There's a lot of depressing shit happening. And I think figuring out how to kind of, You know, maybe the drinking every day—we kind of reassess after April. You know, we're like, okay, we're (laughs) six weeks into this, or you know, you've been—you know, you're (laughs) intubating people on the regular, and you're like, well, now I'm looking to kind of find meditation or whatever. Like, sure, yeah, we cross that bridge when we get there. But also,
1: fuck it, drink, do whatever you got to do.
0: Like everyone just—that's very much uh, how I
1: feel. You just gotta just just get by right now and be be nice to each other i mean yeah i like
0: we are going through something that and i think looking it's really cool to do this podcast it's so cool that i never thought i would be like thankful for roger goodell for kind of storming ahead with this nfl draft in the midst of all of this yeah let's let's talk about that Um, yeah the draft is on it's happening it's happening what's your
1: what's your initial take here you're happy
0: Yeah, man, I'll take any of this shit. We're talking like, I mean, if we're being very honest with ourselves, the odds of them playing, even without a crowd, regular NFL games on their schedule from September, from August to February is pretty much like slim to none, right? I would put it at like an uninterrupted NFL schedule coming in at under like a 5% possibility. Where would you put it at?
1: I, I I think I tend to agree, but I can't totally put my finger on, on why because it does seem like things should taper off a little bit, but it's just, it's going to be so unknown as to how this thing kind of comes back and if it'll roar back or if seasonality has an impact that I, I don't think they're going to be able to roll the dice. I definitely don't know how you would have like 80,000 to go from where we are right now to, as you said, in August. Um, in September, having 80,000 people in a crowd all high-fiving um, seem, seems a little optimistic. But
0: I mean, fans I, now are illegal for, I would say, the next 18 months. I think that is fair. Or at least 12 months. There will be no fans at anything if there is anything. That, I feel, you, if you could bet on that, like do it. Because I feel like there's no way, even from a place of like, think of just like... I mean, I'm sorry to say this, but the trauma that we're all about to experience, who's going to like, I watch TV and stuff and see everyone like slapping hands or hugging or shaking hands or high-fiving. No one's going to want to do that shit. Like it's, let's not, it's, it's going to be such a bad look. Everyone who was on spring break like three weeks ago, by the way, like all has Corona. Everyone who was like doing Mardi Gras in Louisiana, they all have Corona. So I think there's also going to be some PTSD here from physical human contact where I don't want to go to fucking Cleveland Brown stadium and like pack myself in with people like
1: that sounds talk about PTSD. I mean, geez, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think I, I think I kind of come at this from the other angle that I think when we have the opportunity, I think people are going to be so raring to enjoy the things that they used to just kind of take for, for granted. And yes, I do think there'll be some parts where we're more cautious and, uh, squirrely and stuff, but I, I kind of think that that um, once the all clear is kind of out there, that that people are going to attack it with uh, tenacity, which I look forward to. Because what you got what we all need to keep in mind is that the idea isn't that this is going to stop spreading, because like we're not going to have a vaccine and we're not going to have, um, apart from uh, basically the, the whole concept right now is just to keep such a surge from happening that it overwhelms the hospital system, right? After that, the expectation is that people are going to continue to get it, but there's going to be enough capacity that you don't need to get, um, that you don't need to go to a hospital that doesn't have the the means to, to care for you. So all that being said is at some point, um, I just wonder if we're going to get to the point where it's it's an accepted reality that like, yes, maybe you'll get it, but you have a hospital bed waiting for you if you if you do get it. I think, I'm I think i just banking
0: on people celebrating the way you're talking about in Cleveland Brown Stadium in 2021 instead of 2020.
1: Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. I uh, it's very hard to say. It's it's you're probably you're probably more right than I am.
0: Can but you imagine? I'm saying, I guess, also, overall, how you have to explain I, I just to your forward wife? To... <laughs> can you can you just imagine how you'd have to explain to Julie? like oh i got corona at brown stadium cuz i watched the browns blow a three touchdown lead to the steelers in early <laughs> october like 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 talking about a way to add insult to injury for being a browns fan it would have to be contracting corona live at a browns game at a devastating browns like can you imagine being at that thursday That's night it. game where miles garrett almost killed <laughs> like almost kills the steelers qb <laughs> and you then contracted corona <laughs>
1: This feels like a bad look. <laughs> That's that would be an appropriate way to go out. I feel like just just the Browns finally <laughs> finish me off.
0: All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick second to talk about bet online. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking there is nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their mobile website today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. With your first deposit, be sure to use promo code BlueWire, all one word, for double your deposit. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Back to the show. I mean, how do you feel about? The-
1: yeah, now are yeah. you excited about it? Like, I'm. I'm totally psyched about it. I. I get like, I don't know. Schefter, I think, was a little melodramatic saying you know like there's carnage in the streets and we're going ahead with this that's it's true but you also got to remember like they continued to play baseball and football during world war ii there was a lot of carnage during world War II. pardon me
0: if i don't there's kind of a show
1: must go on pardon me if i don't run
0: to adam schefter's aid who is like basically just roger goodell's mouthpiece whenever it's convenient for him so like excuse me adam schefter Mm -hmm.
1: like yeah, people need this. I shit. I thought it was like a ridiculous Yeah, exactly. I mean, we all felt it with the with free agency, like it was such a welcome distraction, and I think it's gonna be just the same thing. Like like uh our the Cleveland Browns Daily, Bo and Nathan made a fantastic point the other day. Um, basically that like you're not pulling people off of COVID duty to go work on the NFL draft. Like those two things there's no Venn diagram where those two things overlap. So you're not pulling resources away from uh, people who need it. So yeah, like give people who are sitting at home who have maybe lost their jobs, maybe just trying to figure out like how to survive in this new world, give them something to fucking distract them for a couple of days. It's it's a good thing um, in, in my opinion. I understand that it feels a little bit like, wait a second, they're going ahead with this, but it's like, yeah, yeah, we need something. It doesn't do to just dwell on the news of coronavirus 24/7 it's like not a good way to just keep your kind of mental health up
0: we are here to distract you after we talked about corona for the first 10 minutes all right so we, we yeah, do have sorry. also some <laughs> listen hey listen we got to talk about it i think the i think the cbd dudes do a great job of kind of balancing it and like how can you not talk about it it's affecting our lives in every way possible, and you know we're still going to get into the brownies here. Where we left you guys off last time, we talked about some of the offensive signings that we really liked, and since then they've even acquired some more people that we like, like like the Broncos fullback Andy Janovich. They signed B.J. Goodson. They signed a couple safeties. They signed uh, what's his name, JoJo Natson. Like they've really
1: uh, uh, Andrew Billings. Oh, who's Billings the guy we got. we got yesterday?
0: Andrew yesterday we Sandejo.
1: got the, um no the guy the the defensive end oh yeah oh, we, a got show a defensive we have
0: guy. listen and he's like good a bunch... listen here's what i'd say again you don't come to us for the in-depth analysis do we know everyone they signed maybe we got 80 <laughs> percent like you know if you want to figure out yeah. the 20 percent then like google it asshole leave us alone all right <laughs> you're not you're definitely here for the chuckles more than you're here for the x's and o's all right
1: yeah yeah i I mean, That's I would why hope we start so. every show with an in-depth. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. Um, but we did... I think that was one of our more eventful signings recently. So we will um, get our research people on that in terms of uh, who that actually was. I mean, I can look it up I mean, while I mean you talk. But I also...
0: Listen, you, you Google it while I talk. What I feel about has been a wildly more successful offseason that Andrew Barry had over John Dorsey. Someone told me... When I was down there in the Super Bowl, and I might have mentioned it, you know, offhand uh, on this podcast, that the the knock on Andrew Berry in NFL circles is doesn't know how to properly evaluate talent, but I would say that is completely the opposite of John Dorsey, who was known for being like the ultimate talent evaluator. The good news is. Um, you have a staff and you do research and you have an analytic department who is breaking down all of this stuff for you. And I feel like the analytical approach they've taken to getting basically a bunch of people who are rated 80 to 83 on defense and Madden on this team to really fill out some depth here is a really fantastic approach. We still have the most cap space in the league. Jadavian Clowney is slowly bringing his own price down. Like, He's like, I'm worth 20 million. Okay, no, no one's signing me. I'm worth 17 to 18 million. There's a world where we're pulling the trigger on Jadavian Clowney for 15 million for a year uh, be- because we can, not because it's not going to affect also, you know, all of these one year deals too are really figuring out a way where these, you know, B, B plus talents can prove themselves to see if they fit into this culture and fit into this defense. And I think just having this kind of you know, spreading around this kind of dispersing of these shorter contracts with people who are considered solid NFL players is a great first step. And also, you're really building the right way in terms of how to accumulate depth in a free agency. Then I think they've been wildly aggressive, and usually when teams are aggressive in free agency, they're usually the Jets, and they usually get shit on, but because you're overpaying for people that, you know... But I don't think they're overpaying for a lot of stuff here. We're still... Have room for Miles and Nick Chubb and Baker going forward. So, I mean, yeah. I listen. I think I would take Andrew Barry over John Dorsey because we have to, but also because <laughs> he's you know like him and Paul D Podesta and Stefanski. It's so amazing to just feel what it like. It feels what it's like to have an organization all thinking the same way and not like you know cutting off its nose before they even get to the fucking draft. Like I am so ready for this draft because we've done such a good job of positioning ourselves in a place where we're probably still going to get a tackle in the first round but they can trade up and down if they really feel like it they can also grab a third receiver if they want to they can also grab safety depth or cornerback depth even if a is there at 10 then fucking take him like why not there's they've really positioned themselves in a way where all of and you know this is not something new but all of the people that they would want to feel like it's deep at receiver. It's deep at tackle. It's deep in the secondary. So the draft is really you know, setting us up to be able to be flexible because you can be getting first-round talents for some of these positions in the second or third round potentially.
1: Wow, A-plus there. And it gave me the time to look up um, Adrian Claiborne is the name Thank of the you. guy we signed yesterday. Yes. That's it, yes. Um,
0: From Washington? Yeah, I, where, where was he? <clears throat> or Atlanta. Uh I think Atlanta. He,
1: Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. And he's he's older, he's 31. Um he's been with a, a few different teams. I think kind of at a slow start to his career, but like he's I I think grades well as a pass rusher. Um he's not going to be he doesn't need to be a starter because we have Miles Garrett and hopefully Olivier Vernon if he's healthy and God willing your structure part of his contract. Though we might not even need that with all the the space that we have, but we saw it last year before um, before Miles tried to kill Mason Rudolph. Like, Miles was on the field like 85% of the time. And that's just not sustainable, especially if we hope to God that we'll make the playoffs one of these years. Maybe they'll have to add a few more playoff teams before that happens. <laughs> you know, th- subs- listen,
0: <laughs> that helped. That helped. I feel like they that could add more. Helps. Let's be honest. <laughs> like, yes. let's, like, why don't we just make it 30 teams?
1: You know? Just yeah, two just teams. like all but two teams. Which we've we've been that those one of those bottom two teams multiple times in the last Recently, five years. Yep. So yeah, um, but but yeah. So getting like another guy who, as you said, is like an eighty to eighty-five sort of rating player, isn't somebody who you're just hoping develops. Like he's kind of a known quantity, and then he can spell um, he can spell Miles and Olivier for a time, and you can have more rotation. Same thing has happened on the interior of the line where. We have Ogunjobi, Joby, we have Sheldon Richardson, but we saw last year that was kind of it. And now you add a guy like Billings, it's like, okay, that plus, you know, some rookie or some second year guy, like that's enough. Like that's that's what you need. Of course, injuries always happen, but that's almost not what we're saying, because it happens to every team. So it's like you can't you can't build a team you can't build an injury proof team. Um I guess my question to you is where Besides left tackle, because that's the obvious one, but like, what what still makes you nervous in terms of uh, positioning for for the Browns?
0: What makes me nervous in terms of positioning? Linebacker, I I, I you know I think they're expecting a lot from. I feel like Taki Taki kind of got a bad rap because he was didn't have a lot of playing time and then thrust into stuff and not really put in a position to succeed. But like, I would still say, you know, I think. I expect him to kind of make a similar but not obviously drastic leap as Mac Wilson. I think Mac Wilson, you know, there's going to be a lot on his shoulders, and I would still, you know, I guess we're still going to be maybe drafting a linebacker, but I could, we can maybe figure out a trade there. I think linebacker to me is still what makes me anxious, but I also see us kind of leaning heavier in, like, nickel packages and stuff like that or kind of not, yeah. you know, I, I, I feel... I'd say linebacker for me, probably. I feel the end and really just, you know, I think, listen, Chris Hubbard coming back and restructuring as the swing man is smart. Chris Hubbard, yeah, not a starter. It's
1: great. Smart for him. Not for a starter. You know what he is? Not a, starter.
0: a guy who comes in and, like, plays half the season if you need him after an injury because the expectations are just different. If you go to a restaurant and you say this restaurant is four hundred a $400 meal and it's – and it doesn't live up to that, like, then you're going to be like, fuck this restaurant. But if you're like, Hey, this is an Applebee's and it tastes like a $200 meal. You're going to be like, yo, that's the best Applebee's I ever fucking been to. So I I think think he is, he's kind of an Applebee's for our line where it's like, listen, if you need to step in there
1: is it, it shows a big difference in philosophy between, because I think Dorsey would have just like cut Chris Hubbard. I don't think Dorsey valued guys like guys like massive or Nate Orchard. Um, Nassif is
0: is one of the biggest indictments on Dorsey. Yeah, like, what the fuck are are you doing, man? He's signing, he's signing like a huge deal with the Raiders. Like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, right. God, that was so dumb. Guys who aren't necessarily obvious starters, but are like starting quality in a in a pinch. Like, you can do better, but like those guys who are just kind of the B, B minus, B plus level. Like those guys are super valuable, and that's what we were totally lacking last year. And and we saw after a few guys went out, like just how how fucked we were once that happened. So yeah, I mean, I do like keeping Chris Hubbard. Um, I don't. I hope we don't need to rely on him, but it's better than relying on a rookie or a practice squad guy. Uh, or moving I think someone cu- uh, bar Cush, to the Not Kush,
0: but uh, like uh the dude we got from Buffalo, um, Andrew Forbes. Oh uh, yeah, Wyatt, bat- Wyatt Teller. Teller and Forbes, I yeah. I, I liked how, how Forbes was playing before he got hurt in the preseason. He was playing well. He was moving well. I think I yeah. believe in him. Like you know, having some growth there in terms of like coming into his second year, coming into a new system. Like Bill, like our Callahan's an inc- probably one of the best line. You know, Campen was pretty good too, but Callahan is kind of like the gold standard for you know yeah. line coaches. He's been a he's been a head coach. He's you know stif- I'm really. Listen, I love Coach Stefanski. I love I him too. I love, I love him. He's him. handsome. I mean, he's smart. Him. He's humble. Like, God, what a guy! He the did things we wouldn't both do for he's him if he like, asked. The the
1: like, <laughs> it seems like a low bar to get over, but but given what we've just been through with Freddie, just like the the planning that he's capable of, and contingency planning, and knowing what he wants, and I think I was listening to. I don't know, one of the pods, I think it was a 92.3, the fan thing, but someone made the point that basically like Freddie last year going into training camp, people would ask him like what Todd Monken's role is going to be. And he's like, you know, that's something we're going to kind of figure out. I'm sure we'll work, work together. Well, it's like, dude, you should fucking know this before you hire the guy to your staff. Like, why don't you know whether he's going to be on the field or in the booth or if he's going to be, you know, like making the, the play, the, the, uh, you know, basically like plan for the week or, or what is it going to be? That shouldn't be something you're figuring out at the last second. And Stefanski, meanwhile, has, he said like, my contingency is have contingencies. He's just so well. This also thought, goes back to Dorsey's
0: so arrogance because you think about the people that we planned to kind of have in the Browns future a year ago, like Hollywood Higgins, say what you want about like whatever his attitude problems were like he was Known to be Baker's number one go-to, like re- like safety net, you know, like his his all options out. I can find Higgins and we can get open because we're on the same page. Demarius Randall was supposed to be a Pro Bowl safety for us for the last for the next five years, and they basically mm-hmm. benched him and got in a fight with him. I don't know if he's resigned anywhere, but he's sure as fuck probably not coming back to Cleveland. Like they almost ran Joku out of town too. Where. I mean, you can say we sure we have our gripes with him, but they didn't develop him, and they almost destroyed his confidence. I mean, he got hurt in his third year and then they were just like, fuck you, which is not a good approach to developing talent. So I think it's when I think of kitchen stew, I, I just think of it as an extension of the arrogance of Dorsey and their approach to this shit.
1: The idea of ruining uh, David Njoku's confidence is, is pretty funny, though, because he, he can't catch the ball in the first place. So <laughs> <laughs> They made him catch less somehow. <laughs> ah, you know, Careful you can't catch the ball if you're not <laughs> yeah. active on Sunday. <laughs> so that's, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, I, I think, like, this whole thing, this whole season, and again, like, we're not idiots. We know that this is likely to blow up in our faces. Everything we're saying now will probably be humiliating come like October. um, Yeah, or next week, who knows? And honestly, even if they don't. Yeah, yeah. But it it just, there seems to be a a unifying theory of how to build the team, which which did not exist last year. It was like grab good guys, which is not the worst place to start, but it's like grab good guys who will help you do the things that you want to do. Like grabbing Odell last year. Yeah, he's Odell Beckham. Like I'm glad he's on the team, but I don't think there was any thought from freddy in terms of or dorsey in terms of like odell will allow us to do x because of these talents that he's shown i think it was just like hey odell's a great player right like look how popular he is in the league we gotta get him and he'll like basically just get open there was no for our scheme odell is the perfect fit sort of sort of thought yeah
0: it was very just again an arrogance of like getting rid of like a top five guard in the league and not think and then thinking you'll be able to figure it out yeah like like the first thing they did was they went out and got the best tackle on the market like that is a you know that that's a great investment no matter what happens living in the moment and no matter what happens or how he plays that is an incredible investment he again to your point has played in a zone blocking scheme Right. Knows how to block in the scheme that our coach wants to implement. There's no mystery to this. Ugh. There's no mystery to football saying, hey, we think play action is good. We think it's good if every play looks the same so we can trick the defender. You don't have it's not a secret. Turns out if there's if you're saying like what we're gonna do is a secret, you probably don't have a fucking plan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was exactly what happened last year, to the extent that it would be like hey, we're in the red zone, we're not going to throw to Odell or Jarvis, we're going to throw to Demetrius Harris because they'll never see it coming. Like, we'll surprise them. Like, they tried to do everything – like, they tried to be smarter than everyone in the, in the room last year without actually being smart in the first place or working to become any smarter. So that, yeah, that was the issue. Um, yeah. A lot of problems. whereas what do we've... you see
0: let's let's wrap on this what do you see or what do you hope for uh in the draft I mean well I'm sure we'll talk about it again but like for like you know top three picks or trades what's something that you're looking for that would make you feel continue to ride this uh this this love canal honeymoon with Andrew Berry and uh, and Mr. <laughs> Stefanski
1: I mean I think we unless we i was going to say get someone like Trent Williams though I'm not I'm not sold on that whole I'm over idea. it. I want to I want um, I, I want someone for the next like 5 years. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I guess if we got like a I don't know who it would be, but basically a starting caliber t- left tackle, um, it would be interesting to see what other directions we could go, but there's just so many good tackles right now like I I don't this isn't based on film or anything, but uh Worf's from from Iowa just yeah. like i i just love it maybe it's because of joe thomas just a, a good hard nose big 10 left tackle just sounds so appealing to me like i don't see how that could really uh go wrong so i i think we've got a stick tackle i won't be too disappointed if we if we trade down um because i think i think there's other ways that we could address it we just have to address it and that's what didn't happen in the past it was just kind of like hope something falls into our laps and it never did so um if there's a plan to address it otherwise uh but i i'd go i'd go left tackle and then we can literally do like pretty much anything in the second round like i i I think we're in a good position like you said to to just take the best players available and, and not have to worry too much about like holy shit we have this gigantic gap to fill yeah, I, I would hope it's still on the
0: defensive side, probably. Yeah, secondary, I was going to say secondary sure. or D-line, maybe.
1: Yeah, 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 that would be would be helpful. Um, but nothing – I mean, if you listen to our, our pods from last year, you could probably say uh, – w- we probably said, like, where are the holes? We have no holes. But at this point, I, I think it's true this time, <laughs> basically. I don't yeah, I would say – What do you want say... to see?
0: Well, I actually would say I just want to see. I just want to see what they do. I don't really care. I try because, like, I know now that like there is more alignment than we've ever experienced, or at least that's kind of you know we're listen. We are pros at convincing ourselves that the people making the decisions are on the same page and have a plan, and it feels though for the first time that they actually do. So I just want to see what the difference what it feels like to experience a coach and a front office that are in tandem in terms of doing all of the right things. Because I actually think that a lot of, you know, teams are upset about kind of not being able to go to pro days and stuff like that. But I think this kind of analytical approach in terms of watching tape, figuring out what's important, how do you value things, playing out different scenarios, leans very much into this quote unquote analytical approach, which is just, be smart and do homework. So I think we'll probably also have a, an advantage compared to like, you know, Bill O'Brien just like shooting from the fucking hip, trying to replace you <laughs> well, know, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins or something like that. So I, I do yeah. feel like we're actually in a better, probably in like the top half of teams in terms of figuring out a strategy and also figuring out kind of sticking to our game plan. So I guess I'm most just excited of yeah, checking out the war room and kind of seeing what happens. I don't fucking know. I hope that they know better than I do.
1: I hope so too. I I would imagine that they do. I, I have to trust that they do. But again, I trusted last year that like Dorsey fucking had it on, on lock and, and that didn't end up being true. So we'll see. Hey, um, if you, if you, I, I am interested that to see, we come up, well. <laughs> I'm interested to see in
0: two years w- if we play out kind of all of the draft picks between Sashi Brown and John Dorsey. Because you look at that, that Sashi Brown draft, there are some sneaky people getting second and third contracts on different teams. And Antonio Callaway, was he? A, was he? A, no, no, he wasn't a Dorsey.
1: Was he a Dorsey? Yeah, he was. He was a Dorsey. Out of the Dorsey's league, first year. Yeah, out of the league. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great point. Um, and then the other thing we have to look forward to is the uniforms coming at some point. Well, we could pot on that. Frankly, I don't like the the current uniforms at all. But I also don't like care that much it's uh just go back to the old ones i have a feeling the the i think the new ones are going to be so similar to the old ones that it's going to be a bit of a, a shrug but that's fine
0: it would be really bold if they actually just stuck to really plain colors it would be i hope fucking sweet if you went like penn state style just like brown yeah just I think the boldness that they I mean, probably the, the won't land on because you have.
1: we were pretty much that.
0: Yeah, like you have too many people consulting who want to kind of make their money and kind of show something unique. I think that's why all these uniforms yeah. get really fucked up, is because you're paying people and they're trying to put their imprint on stuff and prove their worth, and not kind of in line. But I would say, as much as it can look like, you know, Bernie Kosar, the better.
1: Yeah. Just exactly
0: white. Just brown. That's it, right? It, That's we it. I don't need
1: like I remember when the old ones came out, and it was like talking about the cross stitching, and it it represented like the how unified Northeast Ohio was behind the Browns, and like Jesus Christ, I don't need spin on it. Just give me give me some good uniforms, and we'll we'll move forward. And, and if we win some games, and then they'll be the best looking uniforms we've ever had. One so, thing I know is for sure, we um, will definitely do an said, entire another thing to distract us.
0: Yeah, we'll do a, a full pod on yeah. the
1: uniforms on the drop. No doubt about that.
0: Um, all right, Gates, uh, please stay safe and uh, you know, and um, we'll see what happens if there's anything else. Uh, Browns wise, here in the next couple weeks, but we'll uh, be catching up.
1: You too. We will Browns. Over.